right, we are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast, and I am definitely excited about uh, this conversation. Uh, in the past, we've had a few conversations dealing in the uh, healthcare space, and I think this is going to be a really great conversation uh, for those who are in that industry to be able to be introduced to someone uh, who oversees and is part of the staffing uh, in the healthcare uh, industry. Uh, so joining us on today's episode is Nicole Gensch. Welcome to Black Equity Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Glad to be here, DJ. I'm glad you're here as well. For those who do not know who you are, just introduce yourself and your company. All right, my name is Nicole Gensch and I'm the founder and CEO of Health and Business Staffing Agency. Um, my staffing agency incorporated probably around July of 2020, but this has been a birthing dream for the longest time. I've been in healthcare for, actually healthcare administration for over 20 years. So um, I have an understanding of staffing and knowing how it is to be short staff and knowing how it is to be with a good organization. Um, so that's what spurred me on to get into recruiting. What a prime time, even during the pandemic last year, it was, everything was a standstill, um, and figuring out the next move, the next step, and this dream came to life and things started coming in order and coming into place. So that's pretty much um, how the business started and health and business staffing agency. We do staffing and recruiting. So we do direct recruiting and we do staff contract. And our goal is to have the clients and the candidates have a seamless transition in any place that they go into. This is going to be really fun. I look forward okay. to uh, learning more about your company on today's episode. Um, before we go deep into what you're doing now, I love origin stories. I, you know, whenever I meet someone, I like to get to the root. Mm. So you've been around this space for over 20 years. How did you get into this world and what made you stay? What did you fall in love with that made you want to be, uh, you know, put in 20 years? I, I know the years just went by <laughs> literally I'm saying 20 years right um I would say what sparked was uh, probably about when I was 19 years old I was still in college and I was just figuring out my way my dad worked in the healthcare sector uh, when he first came into the country from my father's from Guyana and he started off very humbly. Uh, he started off as a custodian. Then he built his way up. Then he was management over the custodial um, department when he went to. And then he, he used his skills and he worked over in the house, hospital center, mainly in like clinical engineering. So he was going through being a technician. So he worked his way up. And I saw that ambition. So the roots origin, my, my father, definitely my father. I see him waking up four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, morning and night working. And I gravitated to that. That's where healthcare came in. 
So I worked in a nurse, nursing home first, working various hours. I know our audience in healthcare can re relate to that. Three to 11 at night, 11 to seven in the morning, mm -hmm. double shifts. I liked it. I enjoyed it, even though I was tired, but I knew that I enjoyed taking care of people. I was a helper, definitely. And so I started off as a certified nurse's assistant, and then I moved on to work in the hospital as a patient care technician. And the healthcare world, I knew it was my niche. I knew it was my niche. Working the hours, working the holidays, I didn't mind that because I knew I was in a field you felt accomplished while going to school. Years later, I, I'm thankful that I worked my way into management where I was assistant supervisor in the phlebotomy department. And I worked inpatient and outpatient. The outpatient parts were managing the offsites of the blood draw labs. And it was just, it was just exciting for me. And then the years went by, the years went by Went on more schooling, um, got my MBA, and, and just was in health healthcare the whole time. Um, then life had its uh, changes, so family started moving on for life, and still stayed in healthcare. And I worked locally at a uh, local university where I was operations and informations manager um, and in just stuck with healthcare the whole time. And like I said, I found my niche. So ask me more questions and I can give you more answers. But I hope I answered sure. sure. Okay. So you're in this healthcare space. When does the dream first start off as a seed? of owning your own uh, staffing agency. When does, mm. what what was the catalyst that said, you know what, this may be something I need to do in the future? All right. I would say, yeah, it was about, probably about seven to 10 years into healthcare. And I was always, a, I was always into being a flow person because I like the variety. And when you're a floater, and you're floating from department to department, or if you work for another department and you're drawing blood maybe for the whole hospital, you had that variety. But I felt how it, that need, and I knew how it felt to be short-staffed. You knew how I, it felt to be short-staffed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And how does it feel? Amongst your peers, if you are working amongst your peers and you have a good department, um, every department has its good and bad things about it. But even in when you're short staffed, if you have three or even two people who are like, okay, let's get the job done. Let's get it, let's get it done. You can do it. But short staff, it, it decreases morale because mm. you're there every day. Right. You're putting your work in and um, it does decrease morale and in, in, in you feel the effects because you're like oh should i you know look for another job should i go but then they're, they're going to be even more short staffed so that's when i was those those um thoughts started going okay if i were if i were and knowing how staffing is have uh, the experience of managing 
employees at the same time of, okay, we need you on this shift, we need you on this shift. When the shifts were filled, you felt the difference. You felt the difference in the department. And even regardless of what, patient care is going to go on. Quality of care is going to go and it's going to continue because there's standards to meet and follow and guidelines. But it will be even better when they're staffing. So that's where about seven, almost 10 years into the healthcare field, I, that started to spark an interest. And so recently you, you mentioned the pandemic and everything that's going on there. And then somehow through this chaos, for lack of, I don't know another word for it, but through this chaos, there seemed to be an opportunity for you to launch your company. How do you think everything aligned perfectly for you to launch your company? Um, all things aligned. Definitely there was, we were a shelter in place for quite a while. First we're 10 days home, then we're 20 days home, and then it came a month, and then it was inevitable. We, we were right. for a long time, and now, and during that time, I needed to kind of fill some voids. You had such a routine going to work either taking a class, taking care of the kids, taking care of the home, but you had to still keep yourself busy in some form, a good busy, productive busy. And at the same time, I wanted to make a difference. I was like, like I said before, I knew how it felt to be short staffed. I was right. like, I couldn't, I remember being in the hospital working when there was H1N1, you know? So it was like, oh, you got to, then the flu shots came out and then so we knew how it felt then. And I said, I couldn't imagine now, even though I was not a essential worker at the time or direct with patient care, I knew the feeling. So if any ways that I could help out and assist, that was my main motivation. And how can I give back during this time? Now, did you, did your company help with some of those short staff uh, medical facilities during the pandemic? During the pandemic. So I incorporated in July, but I didn't officially take off until December. Okay. Because starting a staffing agency, it's, <laughs> I look in hindsight, I'm like, how did I do it at all? I don't right. know. It's just when your passion is there, it just, and things started coming into place, marketing, website building, obtaining clients. So I had to build that clientele for me because I'm coming out as an agency because I have every five-year plan and I had to establish myself. I had to be deemed trustworthy and so that people will get to know me out there. So when we started to help people was towards the end of December and I'm so thankfully now I'm in contact with candidates, nursing candidates, and they're telling me, Nicole, we're, we're, we're short staff here. I'm looking for something new. I, I'm looking for change. Um, one candidate, uh, uh, they sold their house so that their daughter can go to school and they're looking for contract work during the interim while she's in school. So right now I'm thankful. Now I'm like, the gas was filled. So now the 
the car is driving. Right. <laughs> so to speak. So that now the car is driving and I I feel now though I couldn't help right away at that time, I'm glad all those seeds I planted is showing itself growing now. And now I can be readily available and help those. Well, you took me exactly to where I wanted to go. Cause you're talking about all these different seeds that you planted. Mm -hmm. My question was going to be how important was your 20 plus years of experience and connections and relationships you've built. How important was that foundation for you to launch the agency and have a network to pull from? Oh, wow. It was very important. I mean, 20 years, definitely, definitely. The, the seats, you, uh, you get to know the market. You get to call upon support systems, get understanding of the pulse of the healthcare field now became very important um, and pulling from those strengths, going through being out there in the trenches, literally uh, helped me out a lot because I'm thinking, okay, we have this position to fill. I interview the candidate. So I, I'm kind of like seeing the whole practice and how they would flow within that practice because those, that was part of my job as well. And um, you want to join them seamlessly as a good healthcare team, because when you join the client and candidate together, you want them to have hopefully a long relationship because you know, life happens, we understand, but you don't want someone to get there and say, oh, this is not for me. You want them to meet that need. But going back to what you're saying, DJ, those 20 years experience made the difference. It made the difference. And even now I'm planting seed reaching out to more people than I ever did. So help me understand, who's the ideal client that you service? The ideal client would be those clients that are in need. I'm mainly primarily in nursing, that need nurses, that need probably medical assistants who needs LPNs, certified nurses assistants, medical coder. I have um, one person who reached out to me. I don't have any medical coding positions open. I'll say yes. Right. <laughs> They're mainly nursing and facility administrator positions, but she still reached out to me. And I'm like, okay. So I was excited. I'm like, so what encouraged you to reach out to me? Oh, a friend of mine told me about you. So I want to see what you're all about. I was like, well, thank you. So she's, I tell her, don't wait on me for a position, but I can talk to you weekly if you want. Just schedule an appointment on my website and I will talk to you. I just spoke to her the other day. She had an interview. She's not sure how it went. I helped her out with her resume. So contact me and Maybe there's not an opportunity now, but I can still assist you. And once one occurs, I already know you. So I'm going to push your resume forward to get you to the right place. What we just stumbled on is a power of word of mouth or the power of a referral. That referral doesn't happen unless you've built a great relationship with the person that referred um, uh, that person to you. 
Yeah, yeah, how how important has referrals been as you built as you're building this agency? It's become very important because even to run an agency, there is a monetary component. I have marketing. Um, this is the way I make a living. So this makes very a huge importance not only for me, but that I can give the quality back to both my clients and candidates. That referral speaks volumes, speaks volumes. I, cause the call came out of the blue and I have another friend of mine who's like, Nicole, I wanna join ventures with you. I'm getting into more government contracting. So I wanna work with you in the future. So I was like, sure, we'll look wow. into that and let's see how it goes. So this is like not an overnight success. I know it's gonna take time. It's gonna take effort but it, it's worth it because I know the direction. I know where it's hopefully going and I have a plan. Now, people listening to this, uh, you know, we have listeners from all over. Is this in one uh, geographic location? Is this nationwide? What is the plan for uh, who we're serving as far as location? As in location, it is nationwide. I do service okay. nationwide. I am located in upstate New York and primarily my agency is virtual right now. And, but it's nationwide. You'll see my posting some in Georgia, some in um, upstate New York. We have Elmhurst, New York. So it's definitely nationwide, but hopefully in the future, we hope to go international. Awesome. Okay. So I want to walk through the process. Mm -hmm. I'm a potential client. Um, I own some type of uh, medical practice and maybe it's in the nursing space. I listen to this episode and I want to potentially work with you, partner with you, collaborate with you. What is the pro uh, process um, to be a client of yours? Okay, definitely. To be uh, a client of mine, I will reach out and uh, if they're going to contact me, you can definitely go to my website. You can go to my website and there's an area on my website where I have client and candidate. So it's a Calendly in, um, invitation. So you just, the client will just click on client consultation and I have various times where they can click on their times and that email will come directly to me and they'll see it's Nicole and I see O-L-E at health. H-B-S-A-I-N-C, just in short, health and business staff and agency, inc.com. And that email will come to me and then I'll reach out to them. And once it's scheduled, I'll reach out to them to get more information. And once we have that, we'll have a consultation, take it from there, we'll go over the need, the area, contracts, and it's a go. I will say easy apply. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So from this episode, I really want to learn more about the medical space. Are you finding when you're staffing that there are too many qualified candidates are not enough qualified candidates? or does it vary? 
it varies because it depends on the position. Like one position I have posted on my website. Oh my gosh, I get such the amazing candidates. Wow. If I were back in practice management or if I were in it, like in it, in it, I would say, I'll go to my manager or if I had the decision making, I would choose you. Or if I had to build a, a, a team, it would have been these people who apply. Right. I still assist them. I reach out to my network and I say, I have this wonderful candidate. They don't have the, say, dialysis um, administration one year experience, but they're a top practice administrator. Here's their resume. If you can be able to review it, and if you have a position for them, I'll pass them forward. Definitely. Um, I did few and far between, but I do get candidates that apply and it, it's, it's not a good pool, pool of candidates of what I'm looking for. So like you said, it varies, but there, there are, wow, some top candidates out there. So let's dive into that as well. The, when we talk about candidates, mm -hmm. I know there are some people who've never even used a staffing service or a staffing agency. What are the benefits of having a staffing agency on your side and working alongside them as a candidate? That's a good question, definitely. So I'll go for the staffing side. So you'll have maybe a practice that's in need of um, a care provider, say a nurse practitioner, or and they need LPN or a medical administrative assistant. So if you go to the staffing side, the staffing side will take care of all, pretty much the legality of things, HR, payroll, um, training on the HR side. So all the organization or the client needs to concern about is just training them to their practice standards so that they'll be able to operate in their space. So that overhead cost saves the organization or the small practice, definitely, mm, by having gotcha. contract staffing. When you have direct recruiting, where it, there's, there's, there's a contract, but it's only for a limited time, where I will source and find whether it's the physician, the nurse practitioner, um, a nurse, medical coder, administrative assistant, however, whatever the client needs, I will source the best candidate, not just one that has a half a year experience. You're finding a criteria, a criteria that is exactly what the client desires. Sometimes you do have some wild cards where you still present it to the client. And sometimes those wild cards win. Maybe they don't have that much experience, but their skills and their um, other background is impeccable where it's, it's a game changer. So we help the sourcing. And usually when you go with direct recruiting, you're gonna have that candidate for quite a while. So it, because you've got what you're looking for, it's a seamless transition. The client is looking, got what they look, they're looking for and also the candidate. So that relationship becomes strong right off, right off the bat. So longevity, there's longevity in direct recruiting and in staffing recruiting, it's more short-term because 
um, your that immediate need is is met. You know, there's something I always wanted to know. Once you've helped a candidate find uh, the position and it's seamless and it's a really great um, a great situation for all parties, are how involved are you after uh, that initial um, beginning stage? Are you involved at all after that or after you staffed that position, you've moved on? Still keep in touch. Still keep in touch with the candidate, even if it's hi, hello, even if it's um, 10 days within, how's it going? You know, how are things going? How are you feeling? Are you liking the position? Is it what you expected? So what I hope is to continue the relationship with the candidate, definitely. It's not, uh, okay, we sourced you. All right, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're gonna gonna, keep on because those are my customers. Those, Those are, and you build relationships with them back and forth yeah out from the heart gives the issues of life so you you hear what they're going through okay um sometimes i'll get a message nicole thank you for the opportunity but not right now right oh, i'm so grateful for a reply if you've been giving it you know telling me no but thank you and then down the road whether they're placed or they didn't accept the opportunity now life changes. Maybe reach out to me, Nicole, I need to relocate. Is there any position? So I would like to, and I do keep in contact with the candidates. Definitely. They still need to feel, especially going through a recruiting staffing agency, you want to feel that support as you go along. And then if they ever pop up where they need another position, they have that relationship with you and they may come back and say, Hey, it's been two or three years or however long it's been. Yeah. Um, you know, let's go through this one more time. Maybe I've moved or I've, mm-hmm. I need to look at something else for the future. They can then come back to you. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So it's building relationships, keeping in contact. Um, and plus, at the same time, they know other healthcare professionals. They know other family members. So that word of mouth and those re- that's where those referrals come in, like we spoke about. That's where those referrals come in. And even the one can some candidates that I reach out to, it's not at that time. So I do say, you know, if you know anyone, you know, at your job, you always know someone at work who wants to find right. another job. Right. <laughs> I it never ends. On, yes, yes. Send them on to me. But one part I didn't mention about my business as well, DJ, is that I do offer coaching as well. And I have a conversation piece with Nicole. So trying to be more well-rounded as a recruiting and staffing agency. Okay, so let's dive into that real quick. You mentioned uh, the coaching side. What does all that entail? Okay, so we offer executive coaching and we offer career coaching. Executive coaching is for our clients. All right where have a medical practice, we need a new strategic plan, or um, we have a candidate who got the position but still needs a career guide or a career coach. And 
the executive coaching and career coaching is offered through Kevin Knight. He has years of experience as a coach. We partner together, uh, Kevin J. Knight, LLC. We partner together and to make this happen. Because when you find work or find a job or play, find a place of employment, you may be in the interim of something. You may want a contract position to start your entrepreneurial endeavor, and that's okay. So to have a career coach to keep you on track, keep you on guide, a little bit of motivation, it's a win-win. And those services come upon contract. Those services are complementary. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. I, I think that's powerful because that's something that could potentially last a lifetime to be able to learn those skill sets. And for that to be something that is included in your service, that's powerful. Yes, definitely. And, and I appreciate that. And it makes all the difference because the organization has that complementary opportunity and so does the candidate. So that was makes an even more seamless transition. So they'll have like-minded goals and be able to move forward together. I love that. Okay, so for a client who is listening or a potential client that's listening, a potential candidate that's listening, um, I know we kind of touched on this earlier. What is the process to set up that initial consultation? Okay, to set up the initial consultation, you can definitely go to my website. It is right in the middle bar and it says client consultation and also it has candidate consultation. So clients, you just click on that and it will take you right to my Calendly calendar, book a time. Same for the candidate, click on it and book a time, definitely. And I'll be reaching out to you. Awesome, to okay. It as simple as possible. Okay, so now everybody knows how they can work with you and collaborate with you. Do you have a few minutes to go over some, uh, some rapid fire healthcare questions I have on my mind? Yes, I hope I, <laughs> I, hope I, I don't want to okay, scare you. <laughs> okay, I promise. I'll try to make this as easy as possible. I just think you're the best person to ask this because you've been in the field. You understand okay. uh, the world. Okay, so do you think with what what we just went through with the pandemic, some people say we're not even done with it yet. Do you think it's going to scare people away from wanting to even have a healthcare uh, career? Or do you think people are like, well, this is a really great opportunity to actually get in because other people are getting out. What are you sensing when it comes to that? Um, so I believe, so in my opinion, I believe that the healthcare field is going to eventually take off. You had time where people literally had time to think and to reflect and pivot themselves. Some people always want to be in healthcare field. You always see, hear the stories. I changed my career, 60, 70 years old, now becoming a doctor, now getting their doctorate, now doing that. I, I believe you're going to see 
butterflies, a lot of butterflies soon because a lot of people were in their cocoon during okay. those hard times. So a lot of butterflies coming into the healthcare field, which is wonderful because there's a passion, there's a care, and there's a need. And you're going to have some in the healthcare field too, um, which I've talked to some candidates. They want to go. They're tired. They had enough. Respectfully so, understand that. There's some who are in for the long haul, wants to move up in their profession. And I believe there's going to be more incentive, even um, salary rise. The salaries are going to be very well for healthcare because there's a need. It's a demand. Okay. My second question for you is when you were watching um, around March last year when everything was happening, NBA shuts down, sports shuts down. When you were watching, I know you said you weren't considered an essential worker. This is something that is groundbreaking, history-making. And, you know, with you being in the healthcare field for so long, what were your initial thoughts when you were seeing uh, the, the pandemic become a pandemic and all these essential workers having to go in, people were saying, I don't want to go in. What were some of your initial thoughts just kind of watching it uh, technically from the sidelines, so to speak? Yeah, um, I thought about family and friends. My, um, my, my aunts, their, their nurse practitioner come from the healthcare field and her family. My family just shot out from the West Indies. <laughs> right, right. My mom's from Trinidad and Tobago. Like I said, my father's from Guyana. So a lot in the healthcare field started thinking about them definitely going out with and I just at the sidelines that's what I was thinking about I was thinking about those who oh man even though I remember from even for myself even if it wasn't in a pandemic but um I remember going for night shifts and sometimes you cry before going to work because you know you're tired but you know, when you get to work, you got your, your second win as soon as you get there. So I was like, man, just imagine how it feels now. I mm. felt that way working 11 to seven or sometimes being at work three o'clock in the morning and it was a snowstorm. So I had to start one o'clock in the morning, cleaning off my car, leaving by 1.30 so I can get to the hospital safely to make sure blood draws were in line. So I was like, if that was environmental snow in my own feelings, feeling that way, just imagine how much amplified. Um, and definitely, I hope all healthcare workers, all essential workers, focus in on self-care. We're all in some way impacted. My last uh, healthcare uh, question that I've, I've had on my mind this one's actually directly related uh, to you. What, when you look back on your career, do you think the services that you've now provided to the world, you wish you may have had 20 years ago? Mm. In hindsight? Yes and no. Okay, tell me more. So yes because services will be provided and, and there's access, access to jobs, access to a variety of agencies. 
And I'll say no, because I wouldn't have been so experienced. I maybe would put so much into it. Maybe I would have given up. Mm. Sometimes you'll have dry seasons. Even when I first launched, I'm like, what's going on? Oh, I'm not here. Yeah. All this, did I do the right thing? I believe I would have give, gave up much sooner and gone in a wrong, not a wrong different, a different direction right. of what I should have been on this path now. Mm. Okay. I, I love that. Okay. So I'm really excited about this conversation and people listening in uh, to it because it's a unique perspective. You're, you're launching or you've launched a, a staffing agency in the middle of a time <laughs> where you're really needed the most. And so the, the high demand is there and making sure we attract the right candidates is there. We just got to make sure uh, that people know of the valuable uh, services that you're providing. And so one last time, where can people go to learn more about your company, learn more about the services you're providing and potentially to work with you? All right, you can go directly to my website, which is hbsainc.com. So it's health business staffing agency, inc.com. So it's just abbreviated. And you can scroll all the way. Even you can click on client. You can click on candidate right in the over overhead bar. You can go directly and I'll have some more literature on that. And it's all over the website. You click on client, consultation, candidate, consultation. And also, I believe on the upper left-hand corner, there's info, I-N-F-O, at hbsainc.com so you can email with any information or anything that you need okay last question this is for someone who's listening to the episode and they just graduated with their nursing degree and have whatever minimum uh certifications or licenses needed and they're just getting into the field what advice or words of wisdom do you have uh, for that potential candidate before we head out? Definitely. For that potential candidate, I will say explore your options. Look into specialties. Ask questions. Find mentors. If they're, you're looking into specialties, find an, or ask recruiters or organizations, are you willing to train? I know um, I also service in dialysis nursing and a lot of uh, dialysis nursing, mainly like home therapy, nursing is are willing to train. So if you get that training, that specialty, you got that under your belt as a new nursing student or a new healthcare provider going into the field. So be sure and know like what your niche is, your specialty, and be willing to train, be willing to glean and learn from others. Nicole, I want to thank you so much for coming through, having a conversation with Black Equity Podcast. I'm really excited to see the growth of your, your agency, the growth of your network, and uh, the doors are open. Anytime you want to come back and continue the conversation, please feel free to come through. Thank you very much. 
You're very welcome. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.